Woohoo! We are here in episode two of Best Regards, Brian. I am very, very thankful for everyone that is tuning in again. I've gotten a lot of really great support, and I appreciate everyone who listened to episode one and continue to appreciate everyone. By the title, you can tell this one is going to hit pretty close to home, at least for me as I'm thinking about my 2021 goals. I know I didn't set a New Year's resolution personally this time around, but I will want to talk about why in this episode as well as obsessive productivity. And through this episode, I hope my resources help you develop healthy habits and strategies for achieving your goals. With that being said, let's get to this episode. All right, all right. What a week, guys. I don't want to get into the news, but it's been a crazy week for me and really flew by, but also felt long at the same time. Please comment on my Instagram if you feel the same. Working from home really makes the days blend together. And obviously that feels really slow because each day feels the same. I'm looking at the same screen, yada, 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 and boom, it is Friday. But anyhow, today's not about me. And last episode, I'm sure you got enough of that. I did get some feedback on how to structure my episodes going forward. And I do really want to work on being more concise and having a nice little wrap up at the end of each episode and just having an overall clearer episode. Uh, I know I didn't get to spend a lot of time on the topic of yuppie and yappy on my last episode, so apologies for that. Uh, I will maybe make another episode on that in the future, but please cut me slack. I am learning as we go, and I am not the best public speaker out there. I am not doing my LinkedIn justice, I know. So with this episode, I really want to center around three different topics. The first being my perception of New Year's resolutions and how that's changed over time as I've aged. Secondly, I'll talk about my thoughts on obsessive productivity. I think this is a key, key issue in the workplace and as well as college. And finally, I want to talk about some of the key learnings from one of my favorite books of 2020 called Atomic Habits and other productive ways I stay consistent with goal setting and achieving any short-term tasks or goals. Okay, so I'm looking at the top 10 New Year's resolutions, and I've definitely done a few of these. Well, not done, but I've thought about trying to accomplish these. Uh, The first one being exercise more. That is definitely a popular one. Uh, Some of the other ones are lose weight, get organized, learn a new skill or hobby, live life to the fullest, uh, quit smoking. That's a really interesting one. And of course, saving money, spending less, traveling more, reading more. I think everyone at some point in time has had one of these goals on their New Year's resolutions list or maybe even thought about it. I do want to challenge everyone to think, what do these all share in common? For me, all of these are very broad and almost random and not very personal in my opinion. Especially for New Year's resolutions, it's so unreasonable to think someone can quickly and drastically change a part of their life without a strategy or plan or step-by-step process. When I was younger, I definitely had lofty goals when each new year approached. And you know what? By this time around, one month later into February, I almost nearly forgotten most of them. And I'm not ashamed of it. I think it happens to a lot of us. We don't have a plan going into the year. And we hope that by assigning XYZ goal, that we're just going to magically achieve it by the end of the year. 
But hey, that's why I said some of us and not all of us. I'm sure some of you guys have been very successful with your New Year's resolutions in the past. And, you know, I applaud you guys. Keep doing what you're doing and share some of your secrets. But I know this is an area a lot of us do struggle with. So I hope today you can learn a little bit through my tips and tricks so you won't feel as guilty about not doing a New Year's resolution or if you are doing one you have a little bit more confidence in actually completing it and following through for the rest of the year. I know we still have 11 months, so we got to stay strong, guys. Okay, so wrapping up this first topic, there is this framework in the same article that I really, really like. It's SMART, and it stands for Specific, Measurable, Attainable, Relevant, and Time Sensitive. Now, remember that first example of a typical New Year's resolution? Being healthy. Now, this is great, but it's not specific and it's not relevant to a lot of people. First tactic is making it relevant and specific to you. For example, quitting smoking, eating more lettuce, right, etc. Once you got that down, now you got to make it measurable. So if you want to lose weight, well, how much weight do you want to lose? You know, what percentage of body fat do you want to lose? When you add numbers and you quantify it, I think it makes it just way more achievable. Because when you're saying, I want to lose weight, when do you know when you've hit your goal? When do you know when to stop? And when do you know that you're not doing enough? For example, it's November and you're not even 50% there. And just having these first two down, you're already halfway there. Next, make sure your goal is attainable. Make it challenging yet actually possible. I know at the beginning of each year, you want to dream big and you want to do big things. I am totally there. But if it's not attainable, it's just going to be a waste of time, a waste of your time. And of course, you know, make this goal relevant to you. We all have different short-term and long-term goals. How you decide to prioritize will make a difference, especially when you're tackling these short-term Uh, New Year's resolutions. And finally, time sensitive. In this case, you have a year. That is a long time. But you need to give yourself a reasonable time frame that adds some sort of urgency. Because if you have this attitude of, oh, I have another few months. Oh, I have another few weeks. Oh, I can push this off. I guarantee you it might not get done at that point. So make sure it's time sensitive set sprint goals. And when you do hit those little mini goals and you're close to the finish line, keep going strong. Over deliver on that initial goal. There's no harm. There's only upside benefit from doing that. And it's going to make you feel great. So don't ease up even if you're close to your goal and you have plenty of time. That's why you make it urgent, time sensitive. All right. So remember smart Be smart, be specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and time-sensitive when setting these lofty goals or your New Year's resolutions. And I know we're in February, but that doesn't mean it's too late to start one. But honestly, like I said, I'm not really a fan. What's the point of over-promising and under-delivering? I think it's happened a little too many times in my life. But uh, I think, you know, if you're about those one-year goals, Go for it, make it, make it realistic. For me, I personally just like setting sort of half year goals, three month goals, one month goals, etc. I really just enjoy the flexibility of adjusting my schedule or my plans around these ever so changing short term goals. And I just feel less pressured about, oh, I have to do, you know, this big New Year's resolution. And oh my gosh, it's June. 
I'm already halfway there, but my progress shows I'm not. Uh, I could go on and on. Anyways, don't feel pressured about doing a New Year's resolution. It's more so about how do you build a framework and a process to reach your goals and not so much about I'm going to change this huge part of my life and I'm going to do it within a year. That's not how you should think about setting goals, whether it's your New Year's resolution or any other short-term goal. Because that almost makes you question whether or not you're doing this goal for yourself or because you think other people are doing it and you should be doing it as well. Or maybe you just want to hold yourself to a bigger goal and you want to make sure you're being productive with your time. Which leads me to my second topic, obsessive productivity. Uh, Now, I didn't mean to join these two topics initially, but when I started looking closer at why I was playing these New Year's resolutions and these lofty goals at work and even throughout college, I started to think about this notion of being obsessed with being productive. And honestly, I started having this mindset that I had to use my time wisely. And if I wasn't, then I would be falling behind others. And that's where I was wrong. You can't compare yourself to others like that. And you can't have this expectation that you're using every single second of your day to be productive because no human can do that, right? It's okay to have downtime and it's okay to relax a little bit. And it's so weird because it's like the first time in my life where I'm not in class, I don't have grades, I don't have these artificial numbers dictating my value, like GPA, and I still feel this pressure, if you will, to be using my time wisely. Please, please let me know on Instagram if I'm like crazy or if anyone else is feeling these kind of emotions like I am. And honestly, I think this comes from a place of competitiveness. I think I'm just a person who is overly competitive, and I just don't like the thought that I am not doing productive work or I'm wasting my time. Time is precious, but at the end of the day, if you're not using your time to do things that make you happy, that make you fulfilled, that help in driving you closer to your dream or whatever passions you're chasing, then at that point, it is truly a waste of time. Because it's not about how productive you can be or how you can use your time to gain an advantage or make more money. Um, Maybe that is your goal. Maybe for you, that's what your short-term goals are. Or maybe you are passionate about that. But again, if it's not leading to more feelings of joy and happiness and it's not adding value to your life in the sense that you can look back at your memories, look back at this experience and be like, hey, I did use my time pretty well back then. And of course, it's it's a it's not the best use of your time. So, what I'm trying to say is don't get stuck on being productive and relying on how other people perceive how you use your time because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what other people think. It matters how you enjoy your time, how you use your time, and what you like to do with your time. And that's how I want to start thinking about productivity. I want to start creating my own definition of productivity, not by a measure of what other people perceive, but by a measure of how you perceive that you've used your time to increase your happiness. And if that's going to be spending hours on YouTube or TikTok, so be it. As long as you don't look back and you regret it, I think any and all decisions that you make in this current present time, such as listening to my podcast, which I think is a really great use of your time, by the way, is always going to be in your best interest. 
So, you know, I really want to wrap this second topic up by reminding you that you need to do things that are in your best interest, that excite you, that make you happy, that add value to your life. Never forget every second is so precious. So don't get caught up in obsessing over things like productivity and what you should be doing because what you should be doing is what you want to be doing. Man, I got to trademark that quote. That uh, that was so inspiring. I even almost teared up a little bit. <laughs> and yes, I know I didn't account for things that we don't want to do such as homework. And for me, I believe life is about balance and there's definitely a mixture of things I want to do and I don't want to do. And there are compromises that need to be made just so I can further my overall long-term goals. And I think that's okay, just as long as you're not compromising yourself. And I'll definitely be having a future podcast on how I've been dealing with imposter syndrome and how I've been getting through it and what I've learned through the process. And disclaimer, still love my job, still love the work I'm doing. Just trying to rethink about what my goals are, you know, 10, 15 years down the line. And, you know, oh, if you could retire now, what would your dream job be? And then that's sort of what I'm uh, working through. Okay, so one last thought. I know I should be going on to the third topic, but hear me out. I think a really big challenge is feeling of burning out. I'm sure a lot of people have felt at some point in their life, whether it's through a class or through a semester, and you need that holiday break and you need a period where you can unwind and detox. But think about this. When you start work, you have work five days a week, you know, eight hours a day. That's why people are so bad about responding at the end of the day or so tired on the weekends. For me, I know I'm pretty drained after working so much and my escape are the weekends. And this podcast is honestly my escape because I love talking, but apparently I don't like hearing my voice. So just referencing my earlier thought, it's just important to keep balance in your life because there's no point in working so, so hard just to get burnt out. And then you're going to have to spend an extended period to recoup your energy and to restart. And that just sets you back, to be honest. So that's why it's important to take time for yourself. Do things that you want to do that aren't productive, that make you happy, that refresh you, that make you ready to go on to the next challenge the next day so you can get right back up. But take your two-week breaks, take whatever you need. Just make sure you're living life freely as much as you can and uh, with as much balance as you can so you don't get those feelings of burnt out or overproductivity, if you will. All right, so the final topic for this episode So you want to be productive. So you want to set goals. So you want to get stuff done. Well, I want to share some resources and tools that I use to keep my goals on track and to get these big passion projects done, such as this podcast, and even as simple as working out, or being consistent and reading a few pages of my current book every night. Speaking of which, I really wanted to plug Atomic Habits. I think it truly is a book everyone should read. It's written by James Clear, and it's such a remarkably simple book to understand. And, and I'm just reading the front cover, but I love this. Tiny Changes, Remarkable Results. An easy and proven way to build good habits and break bad ones. The book explains habits in such a scientific way but also such a reasonable way that it all makes sense. They describe a habit as a behavior that can be repeated enough times to make it automatic. And they say the ultimate purpose of a habit is to solve the problems of life with as little energy and effort as possible, aka being productive 
you know, using your time as wisely as possible. And then in the book, they give you a step-by-step process and a framework to address any bad habits that you're trying to get rid of are starting new habits that you just couldn't pick up because they're difficult. And one of my favorite key learnings is this notion of habit stacking, where if you already have something that you do every day, then automatically stack this new habit that you want to build that's going to help you get to your short-term goal after that current habit. So think about it like this. Every morning you get a cup of coffee, you should build in right after five minutes of stretching. And honestly, this helped me get into stretching more often. And I almost stretch every day. I say almost. I have had a few days where I accidentally skipped. So disclaimer, I'm not perfect. But it's such a very, very easy way to start adopting something you usually would have friction with. And that's the key takeaway. How do you make these habits so frictionless and so automatic they come naturally as a human being we make so many choices throughout our day that we don't even notice most of them because they're automatic what if you always had to think twice about brushing your teeth or always had to think twice about eating lunch or dinner all those decisions have to be sort of effortless or else how do we go about doing bigger things how do we go about addressing bigger problems in the world if we're stuck trying to make a decision between blue or red for shirts and that leads me to another key takeaway how do you create an environment that makes doing things as easy as possible it's not just about having the mindset, it's about having the right cues and the environment to enable you to do things as effortlessly as possible. And at the same time, how do you break a bad habit? How do you make something less visible, less attractive, and more difficult to do? Although some habits are easy to identify, obviously the ones that are negatively impacting your health, whether it's your physical or mental health, there's still some habits that we unconsciously do that are definitely not healthy for us. But how do you identify the good habits versus the bad habits? Well, lucky for us, James Clear actually has four questions you can ask yourself. First, what feels like fun to me, but work to others? I really resonate with this quote because it reminds me of another one. One man's garbage is another man's treasure or something like that. And it's, it's totally true when it comes to work as well. Maybe you're like me who enjoys cooking and cleaning as well as working out. Or maybe you enjoy playing video games. Regardless, everyone has their different ways of fun and everyone has their different ideas about what's work and what's not. James says if it's work that's less painful for you than others, then it's work that you're meant to do. Uh, just food for thought. But going on to the second question, I really like this one as well. Ask yourself, what makes you lose track of time? This is what athletes and performers experience when they're quote unquote in the zone. And I think it's so true when you're immersed in something that you truly enjoy and that you are so into, time will just naturally flow by. And I think truly by taking time to reflect on that question, you can be one step closer to discovering your ultimate passion. All right, so moving to the third question, where do I get greater returns from the average person? This question specifically helps narrow down your habits and it helps as a motivator and it helps you identify your strength areas and where you can continue investing your time to further improve. Okay, finally, the last question is a simple one, but what comes naturally to me? And it's simple because all you have to do is ask yourself, when do you feel the most authentic and genuine, regardless of what others are expecting or what society thinks? What is it that truly, truly feels right to me? All right, I hope that gave everyone enough fuel to think for the rest of the week. But again, the book's called Atomic Habits by James Clear. 
I would definitely recommend you check it out. 10 out of 10 helps you identify how to build good habits and get rid of bad habits. And it's just a great book in general to get your mind thinking and creating a framework and process to create good habits to help objectively get to your short-term goals quicker. With that, I want to talk about some tools that I use to keep me on track. So I'm sure everyone's heard of Google Calendar. And I highly, highly recommend continuing to use that even after college. I still use that on the daily. I think it's good to build in reminders for specific habits you want to continue doing, but need just a little bit of accountability and support. Okay, a little TMI, but for me, I need help reminding myself to take probiotics and fish oil uh, every day. And I uh, definitely haven't mastered the art of habit stacking with that yet. And so Google Calendar is a really great way to supplement in the case of small daily reminders like those. And if you're a person who likes to see things visually, I definitely recommend a whiteboard. I got one and it gives me such an easy way to view my week and prioritize as needed. And I obviously recommend the reminder app for those with iPhones. It is so crucial to remind yourself of things you want to do on the daily. And I use that app for most of those. I also actually use Outlook for work to set reminders. Funny enough, I'll block out time for each afternoon to do a lesson on LinkedIn learning. And I think this is so underrated, but when you put a block of time set for XYZ activity, it actually does incentivize you to use that time. And it really gives you that check the box feeling. And for long-term strategic planning, right now I'm still using Google Sheets. But as long as you have a centralized location, keep your deeper thoughts and goals. I think that's all that matters. And you know how to locate it and you know how to make adjustments if things change. As for more daily tactical uses, I know that Evernote and Notion are very popular for note-taking. I personally still am heavily reliant on Google Drive, like I said, but if you like organizing and having a aesthetic setup, definitely would recommend checking those two out. And if you're ever in a project or team-led event, I would definitely recommend checking out Trello or Miro. These are project management websites, and they really help visualize who does what and when. Essentially, it gives you a north star to follow, and it gives you a visualized map to get from A to B to C. So definitely websites I would recommend checking out if you're ever in a project. really helps set the direction and keeps everyone accountable, in my opinion. Cool. So wrapping up, I really want to recap the three topics. The first being New Year's resolutions. Remember, it's not the end of the world if you can't do one or if you fail. It's all about setting the appropriate goals and setting the habits that are going to allow you to get there. And that stems from this notion of not being obsessed with productivity. So my second topic, it's not about what others think. It's about what you think feels right for you. And that helps you be happy in your life. And it's also about finding balance in your life where you're not working too hard, where you're burnt out every weekend like I am. Just kidding, I'm not. Uh, But don't get into that vicious cycle and find those passion areas where you invest a lot of your time without realizing it because it truly makes you happy. And finally, take some time to just identify your good and bad habits and use some of those resources that I've shared to better target your short-term goals. Remember, it's a really lengthy process. You're not going to see an overnight change, but as long as you have the right mindset and you have the tools and you have the consistency, you're pretty much halfway there. Again, please interact with me on Instagram. Give me advice. I'm still learning. Uh, It's only episode two. But remember, we're here for the long run and there's many more episodes to come. 
And I definitely think I'm going to have more guest speakers than I initially thought. So look forward to that. Hint, hint, Chinese New Year Lunar New Year's is on the way. So I'm definitely going to have a very exciting guest speaker for that one. But until then, thanks again for tuning in and best regards, Brian. Thank you.